This is James Walker. Welcome to Real Talk, Real People. This is the podcast that turns the mic over to everyday people to hear what they have to say about the issues and problems we face as a society. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. We have a very special person, I think, on the show today. You know, life is about overcoming challenges, and this man has faced some serious challenges. Number one, he grew up in the foster system, and I don't have to tell you what that must be like for someone to grow up in a situation like that. He went on to join the military, spent 17 years in the Army, and when he came out, he faced a lot of obstacles. Like many veterans, he began to exhibit mental health issues. Um, he turned to substance abuse, and he was homeless for quite a while. At any rate, he managed to overcome all of that. And the first thing this man did was start a charity to help other homeless men and women. Let's get him on the show, find out why he did it and how he did it. So my name is Mark Hammett. Um, about uh, a few months ago, I started something called Socks for the Homeless. Um, and um, more or less what it was is, um, you know, I grew up in foster care. And um, when I aged out at 18, when I found myself homeless, you know, uh, young, wet behind the ears, and just really didn't know, uh, didn't have any direction. So, you know, I found myself homeless by circumstance just because, you know, I went in front of the judge, just as you're an adult, and you're released from custody in New Jersey, and, uh, you know, I know. So, um, you know, I didn't know nothing about going to the shelter system or anything like that. I just didn't really know which direction to go. So, um, you know, uh, when I look back, if it wasn't for the relationships that I was in with, with women, I, I was homeless. And, um, you know, I just didn't know how to uh, maintain stable um, housing and, and, and pay bills and budget and, and you know, wake up and do a nine-to-five. Um, uh, you know, shortly after that, uh, you know, I entered the military and uh, I wasn't homeless anymore. So, you know, I tried to stay in there as long as I could, you know. Um, how long were you in the military? Uh, 17 years. How, how long? 17. 17 years. Wow, that's a long time. So uh, you retired actually then from the military, correct? Well, actually, I was uh, got into uh, uh, an accident where I was medically discharged. So, Ooh. you know. So, um, you know, I found myself in um, outside of the military and, uh, you know, getting back into society was a, was a tough one for me, you know, besides dealing with the mental health stuff that I was dealing with, you know, uh, PTSD and, and stuff that I, you know, had been dealing with since I was a kid and never addressed, you know, um, number one, because I'm a machismo, you know, not asking for help, uh, you know, um, number two, not knowing what it was that ailed me, didn't know that mental health was a thing, you know what I'm saying, just thought, People will need to strong or weak, you know, and and uh, you know if you if you put that 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 create of uh, being strong, you know, nobody knows what's going on inside your mind, you know, inside your head. Uh, that's correct. Yeah. And you know, so, uh, you know, I've done stories on foster kids and them aging out, and there not being a lot of help for them. Um, when I was an editor and columnist, I wrote about this. Um, I've had people on the podcast uh, talking about um, aging out of the foster system, and the last time I looked. I'm almost sure Connecticut had um, some 4,600 
um, foster um, uh, kids in the foster system. So you're to be congratulated, man, to come out of a system like that, no matter what it took, because that's a rough thing to get over. So you're to be congratulated and, and to look back and start wow. and to look I, back and start helping people. That's that's good. So go ahead. I'm listening. So um, I remember when I was uh, I was homeless in New York City. I remember I was uh, had a little box. I was living under the Chrysler building. One of the vents uh, right across the street from uh, the Chrysler building, 43rd uh, between Lexington and 3rd, was a uh, was a, uh, a church called St. Agnes. And underneath the church was like a drop-in center. You know, you could sleep in a chair overnight, you know, but it was limited. So if you didn't get there by a certain time, you know, you, you had to uh, sleep outside. So, right. you know, I slept across the street because I was close enough, you know, I could get a, you know, get out, go across the street to the Agnes, St. Agnes and get a, and get a meal. Um, one thing I can say about New York City is that if you're homeless, there's no reason for you to be hungry because there's soup kitchens every borough at all times of the day. And, you know what I'm saying? So, um, that was a, a, a thing that I had to learn and everything like that. So, uh, being out there, there was a, a little old lady. Uh, she was either like Portuguese or Italian, and she used to go around. I used to see her every once in a while, and, and she would give people socks, clean socks. You know, and you know she may have ten pairs with her or something. You know, and she would just give them out. You know, and she wouldn't say much. She would say, "God bless you." You know, or, you know, and uh, you know everybody. Uh, I needed those socks because you know, it's, uh, you know, when it's cold out there, you know, you either put them on your hands and you put them on yeah. your feet or whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, you know. Uh, and so I uh, recently uh, celebrated seven years of sobriety, right? Um, Congratulations. Thank you. October 28th, uh, I completed that. And um, I felt like something was missing. You know, I felt like, I was, you know, in recovery, you know, it's like an apprenticeship, man. You know, and I felt like after seven years, I became a journeyman. You know, I, I started putting, you know, checking some boxes and holding myself accountable and uh, checking some of my... Uh, my maladaptive behaviors, you know, my maladaptive ways of dealing with emotions and anger and stuff. And, right. And, you know, I just felt like uh, now it was time for me to give back a little bit. You know, that's what I felt. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, okay. so I was like, um, you know, let me just try this. You know, social media is a very powerful thing. And, uh, you know, I have some, I, I made a TikTok under the conscious addict. Now, I called it the conscious addict because most people put things that they don't want in the addict that they still have a, a connection to they don't want to get rid of it right. so they put it the <laughs> and then consciousness man you know just being conscious of, of my uh my actions and, and my decisions you know so i put those things together because man uh, i through my own uh doing i put myself in the attic you know saying many people's lives because you know they tried to help me and i was just you know wasn't receptive to the help or right. you know just you know and you know from a childhood to to an adulthood you know i just I just had that mentality that nobody understood me, nobody could, could help me, things like the other thing, you know, and um, found myself very lonely. So, you know, I, I, I made the conscious addict and I, I just say, hey, man, this is, uh, you know, socks for the homeless. And uh, people started sending packages, man, to my house, like, hey, what's the address? What's the address? People actually grew up with in group homes and, 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 and new shelters with, and, uh, you know, that are adults, you know, women, men, you know what I'm saying? That, like, Mark, what you're doing is outstanding, man. This is cool, man. This is great. You know, we're going to send some packages. You know, my my uh, wife's daughter sent me like you know fifty pairs of gloves, fifty pairs of socks. Uh, you know, she got me uh, blankets, and and that's the day when you see me uh, in the green. You know, my wife had called me, and, and because earlier that day I went to the Columbus house, and they said, "Hey, man, uh, you know, they gave me that piece of paper, this purple paper, and said you got to contact somebody. We don't accept uh, 
you know, um, donations like that. Right. It's COVID. I said, I thought we were out of COVID, but okay, no problem. You know, I'm just trying to help the next man, you know? So uh, I went home. I was a little bummed out. And, you know, God works in mysterious ways because my wife is like, Bobby, I just delivered some food over by the green in, in New Haven. I see a lot of people out there in this bowl. I hopped in my Audi, put the bag in there. And I was like, Santa Claus, I'm on the green, you know? And, you know, I try to be very respectful because let me tell you, when I was out there and I was homeless, I, I was, uh, I, I just had an attitude, man. I didn't want nobody to approach me, you know, and when people approach me, you know, I, I, I snap at them and stuff. So I remembered how I used to be, you know, and I had to keep that in mind. So I'm very respectful when I approach people, like, hey, how you doing, you know? Um, uh, you know, no disrespect. I just want to see if uh, if you need some socks or, it, you know, it's cold out here, you know, I got socks, I got some blankets, I got some gloves. And and um, to my surprise, not really to my surprise, because I know homeless people are good people. You know, uh, they were very respectful. You know what I'm saying? And um, people were like, hell yeah, man, thanks, man. Like, uh, you know, people shaking my hands. And, you know, I don't have no, no problem shaking another man's hand, even if he's down and out, you know? So for, for you know that man to come out his shell, raise his hand and give it to me, it was it's a blessing to me, you know, that I was able to uh, do that. Able to help them. Well, you know, yeah. truth is that's how I that's how I met you. You approached me, and yeah, what yeah. you said to me was, "I've got gloves," and I said to you, "Thank you, but I I don't need them." And at the time, I thought you were just out selling gloves, you know, hustling to make a living. And then you approached um, some homeless people and you started talking to them. And I listened to what you were saying in your story and how, and I, it just changed my whole attitude about seeing you. And if you remember, I ran after you to give yeah, you my card because I just thought that this was a story that people, that should be shared and that right. people should understand in these times, you know, there's not too much kindness um, going on. It, kindness is in short um, supplies. So I, I, I really appreciated what you were doing, and I really wanted to uh, get you on the show and talk about why you're doing this and the experience um, that um, you have. How do people um, react to you when you walk up to them and, you know, are they like me or, you know, immediately yeah. suspicious or, you know, are they yeah. immediately listening? Hey, you know, when I was out there and I was homeless, uh, there was a part of time when I was homeless and, and I, I, I just shot, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I didn't have a home, you know? And uh, so I, I, I try not to uh, stereotype anybody and I approach anybody, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, hey, it's cold out here. You know, I got some gloves, you know? And, uh, you know, if they're receptive, then, you know, I go into why I'm doing it. You know, some people just don't have the time or just don't want to deal with it. Right. So I, you know, cool. Okay, no problem. And I move on to the next person. Um, A lot of people have been very receptive to it, you know? and uh, and that's a blessing, man, because at the end of the day, you know, what you put out into this world, you get back, you know? And believe that's me, correct. I know. When I used to be out there doing the stupid shit, I used to get some stupid karma back, you know? And I had to accept it because I put that out there, you know? So nowadays, you know, I try to, uh, I mean, even my son, man, you know, when my son, my 12-year-old son said, Dad, I'm proud of you, man, what you're doing, you know? That to me, I swear, that touches my heart in more ways than anything because, you know, I didn't have a father that I could, you know, you know, uh, make proud or, right. or, you know what I'm saying? You know, and um, so, you know, that means so much, man. So this this goes full circle. As much as I'm helping people, it helps me, man. It keeps me sane. It keeps me, it keeps me knowing that I'm human. I have feelings. I'm empathic. And even though the shit that I went through, it doesn't define me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I That's used to, correct. It does not. I used to be in that victim bubble, that bubble of being a victim. Like, yeah, I grew up in foster care. You know, I only have one door, you know, two doors, prison. 
you know, or, or go this way, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, nobody paid for my schooling and uh, nobody did this and nobody gave, you know, uh, cared about me. Yeah, I could put myself in that bubble and I fit there. I fit the criteria, right? right. But I choose to man, you know, because for so long, uh, I, I felt comfortable in that struggle. If things weren't hard, it, it was uncomfortable. So I self-sabotaged my own, my own success and stuff, you know? So... <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, you know, God's been really good and just let, allowing me to uh, to grow. You know, I'm 47 years old, you know, and I, I continue to uh, to do good things just because uh, there's not a lot of people doing it. And I'm not a rich man, but, but you know, by no means, you know, I, I build up the next man. But, you know, I I take a little bit like that and, and, and you know, I, I keep that change in my chain drawer. So if I see somebody at the corner, whether they're going to use it for drugs or not, I know that I, I, you know, I, I gave him the option. I knew a minister once, and he was very much like you. People asked to give change and so forth. And I said to him, don't you realize that these people are just using you and they're going to take your money and buy alcohol, drugs, or whatever? And he said to me, that is not my problem. I do what God tells me to do. What they do with what uh, the, the assistance that I give them is up to them. And you have pretty much said uh, the same thing. And so uh, on that note, I'm gonna, we're going to take a quick break right now. And I just want to remind people that we are talking to Mark Hammett. He is the founder of Socks for the Homeless. And he is talking to us about his life as uh, coming out of the foster system and why he decided to start this charity. Next week, we're going to um, move into a different direction. We're going to have Chef Raquel, Raquel from A Pinch of Salt here on the show, and she's going to show people how just a pinch of salt can change a whole meal. Following that, marijuana is big here in Connecticut if you have been watching the news. Um, more than nearly $300 million since they implemented this law. Well, that law actually gives you the right to grow marijuana in your own home. We have some people that's coming in, and we're going to show you how to do it. Finally, I want to remind people to head to Amazon, Google Books, Apple Books, anywhere online where they sell books and pick up a copy of my life story, Dead Windows, My Long Journey Out of Domestic Violence. This is a story that Many of us know about, many of us grow up in abusive situations. Well, this is my story of how I overcame that. So head to the store, pick up a copy. I would certainly appreciate it. Mark, you've had an uh, extraordinary life so far. You've overcome a lot of challenges and a lot of challenges that are not easy to overcome. So what's next for you? You've started Socks for the Homeless. You're out there in the streets. You have talked about your wife who is feeding people, feeding the homeless? What's next for you guys? You're doing wonderful things. Well, uh, you know, I just, uh, you, you know, this was, this, when I started this, it was just something that I, I really wanted to just, uh, you know, keep kind of little, just on my own, you know, and uh, it, I just got such a, an overwhelming uh, response to it that it's like, it, it made me feel like, Mark, you know, this, there's something to this, you know, you know, it sucks that, um, excuse my language, that, um, that we have people that are homeless, you know, and uh, especially in Connecticut when it gets cold, you know, and, uh, you know, it's a, I know that there there are programs in place for people to help, you know, homeless people. Right. But there are certain people that just do not know how to live life on less terms, you know. They've never been taught to budget. They've never been taught to 
you know, wake up early and, and, and go to work. You know, they never been taught. You know, a lot of people like myself, oh my goodness. As you can see, folks, Mark became a little emotional. And I've decided to leave that emotion in and end that interview like that because it shows just how emotional this man was about overcoming those challenges and then reaching out to help others who were in the same situation that he had been at one time. His charity is called Socks for the Homeless. There's a phone number here at the end of this interview. I urge everyone to contact this man and help him out. You've been listening to Real Talk, Real People. If you would like to be on the show, if you have an idea for the show, give us a call at 203-605-1859 or drop us an email at realtalkrealpeoplect at gmail.com. You folks have a good week and we'll talk again next week.